We're joined in this uh, segment by Dr. Jane Orient is with us. She wrote an, a, uh, an opinion piece in uh, the Journal of American uh, Physicians and Surgeons uh, about uh, our response to COVID-19 and, uh, and share some incredible insight on it. Uh, Dr. Orient, good morning to you. And first of all, you say that the you basically say that the cures that are going on are much worse than the COVID-19. Uh, elaborate on that a little bit for us. The cures that have been going on, these lockdowns, these uh, harassing people about wearing masks, have been devastating to the economy. There's no question about that. I think maybe we had a 33% decline in the economy, which is the worst in history because people can't work, which means they can't pay their rent. Tax revenues are plummeting. Um, Industries are, are being destroyed, perhaps irretrievably, Maybe a third of all restaurants in the country will never be able to reopen. And this is costing lives. If people lose their livelihoods, uh, then there's a very high rate of drug abuse, of suicide, and so on. And plus, people are losing their lives because they're not getting medical care for their other needs. They're afraid to go to the doctor. The doctor won't see them because the doctor is afraid of contaminating his practice or the government has actually forbidden doctors to do what some bureaucrat decides is non-essential, you know, like fixing a compound fracture with bones sticking out through your skin or um, delaying a surgery or evaluation for heart disease and cancer. So the, the, the death toll from all of these restrictions on our normal life and our normal medical care have a big, a big toll of fatalities. We're talking with uh, Dr. Jane Orient. She is the executive director of Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. And uh, doctor, you know, I, last week something incredible uh, happened. I uh, was you know, doing what I do, covering news and looking at uh, various channels and saw on social media uh, a variety of doctors were in front of the Supreme Court building with America's frontline doctors. When I saw that video, it had 4.5 million views, and it was posted like 45 minutes ago. And then all of a sudden, I find out it had like 14 million views, but it was stripped from the Internet. What happened there? What What's this all about? And do you fear that doctors who have medical degrees are being silenced? Well, certainly they are. And you've quoted a great example of it. These are real doctors who see real patients who are treating them with hydroxychloroquine and getting good results. Uh, Simone Gold, who, who led the effort, got fired from her job, and she was you know, harassed before, before she went public on this by medical directors who had found her work to be extremely good for 20 years, were all of a sudden reprimanding her for prescribing hydroxychloroquine to sick people. You know, Kaiser Permanente didn't pay for it, but the patients were willing to pay out of pockets, and she followed up with them, and they were better. So she felt she needed to speak out about that. And then we had this amazing doctor from Houston, Dr. Stella Emanuel, who comes to us from Cameroon in Africa, who said she's been treating patients, hundreds of patients, and they've been getting well. And But, but doctors or somebody does not want the American people to hear this. They want them to be frightened. They want them to be sent home and told, well, just isolate yourself and take some Tylenol, and maybe you'll get better. And if you get to the point you can't breathe, you can go to the hospital where you will be virtually in prison and you'll get whatever care 
a corporate protocol allows for you and probably not be able to get hydroxychloroquine, and anyway, it might be too late by the time you get to the hospital. So I've never seen something like this, this unprecedented desire to keep doctors from prescribing a safe medicine that's been in use for 65 years in hundreds of millions of patients. It's on the WHO's list of essential medicines, and to be to be persecuted for giving it to their patients, or even for talking about it. We're talking, of course, with uh, Jane Orient. Uh, you've been a, a doctor since uh, the mid-70s. Um, have you ever seen anything like this And as far as uh, the pressure from the medical uh, establishment pushing down on uh, independent doctors who are finding success with uh, with drugs that are already approved by the FDA. And I think back to, you know, everybody thinks, oh, this is the first pandemic we've had. Now, it, actually, we had H1N1. It was a pandemic uh, classified back in 2009. Did we see anything like this before? Oh, we did not. And we did not see anything like this in 1958 when we had the Asian flu pandemic, which killed a big, much higher proportion of our population than this is projected to kill. We didn't see this in 1968, during the Hong Kong flu, when Woodstock went ahead unimpeded. Um, but this idea that doctors have to be forbidden by government to prescribe a medicine that has been so widely used is, is just outrageous and appalling. And then I've heard the AMA and its, its immediate past president, Patrice Harris, and the Howard Balconer, who is the editor of all of these JAMA Network journals, say, well, it's about the science. We have to stand for the science. We can't let doctors use unproved treatments. You know, even in the middle of a pandemic, when there's plenty of laboratory evidence dating back to 2003 or 2005 that this might work, we can't, we can't allow doctors to be doing this until we have randomized, controlled, double-blind studies which are impossible to do in the middle of a pandemic. And for one thing, they take a lot of time. And then there is the ethical issue. You have a drug that doctors see working, and you're going to deprive half the patients of that to be so that you can study them and see if more of them die without it. Doctor, uh, in a press release you shared last week, you uh, also shared a website, c19study.com. Uh, it looks like it's a collection of all different types of uh, hydroxychloroquine tests. What's the takeaway there? Well, there are 66 studies listed there. Uh, the majority of them are peer-reviewed. Most of them are showing some favorable results. I mean, I'm not saying this is going to cure everybody. It does need to be used properly in the proper dosage. In some of these studies, they were actually poisoning the people by giving too high doses, and, and yet um, peer reviewers didn't seem to have any problem with that. Um, but most of the studies are favorable. And when it comes to um, this idea of a therapeutic, I know in Illinois uh, we're still in phase four with the governor's um, unilateral decisions on how to reshape the economy during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and we don't get into phase five where all restrictions are lifted until there's either a vaccine, herd immunity of some kind, or a widely available therapeutic. Uh, and the state has pretty much deferred to the FDA as to what that widely available therapeutic is. Is, hydro, uh, is, is hydroxychloroquine uh, with the Z-Pak, is that the widely available therapeutic? And if it is, why isn't the FDA 
uh, making that um, known, available, and uh, making that declaration. The FDA should do that. Now, Stephen Hahn, the director, finally did say that it's up to doctors to decide whether to prescribe things, but the FDA has been has has been really restricting, and, and its statements have been used by state governments to restrict the use, and we have actually sued them to try to get them to stop standing in the way of this. I mean, this is the available over-the-counter in most of the world. Some places actually took it off over-the-counter status in what appears to be an attempt to suppress it. I mean, what do they want people to die? It's really kind of hard to understand why they're doing that, but herd immunity probably has been reached in a lot of places, in Sweden, in New York City. That If you look at the all-cause mortality rate, we're back down to what is expected and normal, which means that according to the CDC's definition of a pandemic, this is over. That doesn't mean that all the cases are gone. People will still get infected, but it's no longer reached the requirement of, of an epidemic because it's, it's just... Uh, people aren't dying at at an above-normal rate from it. Again, uh, Dr. Jane Orient joins us. um, And what's your response to those who may be uh, hearing this uh, and saying, oh, well, why should I I listen to these people? Uh, You know, the the doctor, one of the doctors believes in, you know, alien DNA or something like that. They'll they'll just write this off. What's your response to that, uh, that group of people out there? I can just say that there are thousands of doctors who are probably taking this themselves. There may be 50,000 of them worldwide who are prescribing it to their patients. In Brazil, they're actually sending people around to people's houses if they have symptoms with hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin. Um, why, why would we be believing a 79-year-old bureaucrat who's been ensconced in the federal bureaucracy for since the 1980s when he was involved in the AIDS epidemic, and we see that he didn't cure that. He was involved in the 2009 pandemic, and after we went through that, we never bothered to replace our protective equipment. Why do we have these people who have been failures for decades telling us what we should believe and disregarding doctors who are today really treating patients? Dr. Jane Orient, the executive director of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, greatly appreciate you taking the time this morning. Thank you.